Hi, I'm Clara, and welcome to the Practice with Clara podcast, where we dive into yoga philosophy and all things yoga related, which has been my passion for the last 20 years. In today's podcast, we go into yoga alchemy, different modes of expression, and what we're going to integrate after we move out of isolation from COVID. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, enjoy. Here we are. Good morning. Welcome everyone for joining Clara and I for the Practice with Clara podcast. Our theme today and for this week is uh, the idea of expression, kind of coming off of last week when we kind of talked about mantra a little bit and Vishuddha, the throat chakra. It's fitting that we're sliding into uh, expression. So I thought we'd open with Clara sharing the story of Shakti and what Shakti is, what it represents, and how the cosmos came into being. Clara. So we picked, um, thank you, Steph. We picked expression this week also because uh, nature is literally expressing itself through the blooming of the, mm. of the flowers and the growing of, uh, of everything new as we move into summer. And the idea of expression is that it is something that comes from within and moves without. And so uh, we, moved, we talked about vulnerability last week and vulnerability being this idea of sharing something again from within and uh, sharing it without. So uh, in terms of yoga philosophy, how does this all relate? Um, Steph brought up this idea of Shakti, which is, translates as the creative force. In the tantric tradition, uh, Shakti and Shiva, so the masculine um, consciousness, and Shakti, the uh, feminine creative force they live in everything and it is how the universe was created so in tantric philosophy the idea of the cosmos or how the universe how the material world came to be is that shiva and shakti consciousness and creative energy or creative force come together and they play and through their play which is my favorite sanskrit word lila cosmic play is how it translates through their play the whole the cosmos were created and so shakti is the way that we express ourselves the creative force lives in our second chakra it lives in our pelvis and so if you've ever done kundalini yoga one of the biggest things that they do there is um uh, is wake up that creative force kundalini is shakti it's another mm -hmm. way of translating it so um hold on two seconds Okay, um, so the creative, I was like, something is not working here, but it's fine. Um, so the creative force, how does, it, how does it play out in our own lives? So when we want to cr connect to our own expression or when we want to find inspiration, we go down to our second chakra, which is where uh, the water element lives and where creativity lives and also our creative juices, literally, uh, in order to create humans, that's where that's where our juices live. So uh, connecting to that through breath work, through pranayam, through um, different kinds of mantras, we can awaken this creative force. Yeah. And so, go ahead, sorry, Steph. Uh, no, you continue and then I'll ask my next question okay so so uh how does this relate to our lives so how it relates to our lives is uh especially as we move from winter into spring into uh into summer we have been 
cocooned in, right? And again, one of the reasons why we pick the themes that we're picking is, is as the sun comes out, as everything comes out, we start to get bigger and bigger. So vulnerability started in the heart center. We talked a lot about that last week. And then expression comes in through the throat because generally how we express is through communication. And so um, one of the reasons we brought up this theme this week is how do we express ourselves? Mm -hmm. How do we bring what is inside outside? And so that is what we'd love you to chew on, my friends who are uh, with us this week. I'd love you to chew on is how are you expressing yourself or how would you like to express yourself, right? And then that is how we call on the Shakti inside of us to bring it out. And Claire, I was hoping you could comment on the uh, deities that manifest as Shakti that come into uh, represent Shakti and specifically Saraswati as the deity who represents our creative force, this idea of expressing ourselves. Okay, so Shakti is all, is in, is all the feminine goddesses embody Shakti. So Ma Shakti, the great Shakti, is, uh, is, is, uh, sits in each of the goddesses. And so as Steph just brought up right now, Saraswati is the goddess of expression. She is the goddess of uh, creativity. She is the goddess of the throat. She, um, one of her the translations of um, Saraswati is vak, which is uh, speech or sound. Mm -hmm. And so um, Saraswati is the goddess that we connect to when we are trying to um, express ourselves outwards. And so she represents, she's also the muse of creation. She's one of my favorite goddesses. You always will recognize her because she's wearing a white sari and she's carrying a vena, which kind of looks like a, a sitar or a guitar with many, many strings. So you'll know that that is, if you ever see a, a picture, Saraswati is the goddess who um, is carrying the vena and usually there's a swan beside her. Uh, that is her uh, vehicle of choice. And, um, yeah, and we'll, we'll go into mantra. I was about to go into it. We're going to go into mantra yeah. on Saraswati on Wednesday. So yes. we'll, I'll come back to that. Yeah. And let's break down the idea then. Uh, and I love your word, personal alchemy or the, the phrase that you use around being the alchemist of your own experience. And when I think of that, I think of bringing this abstract inner idea and expressing it, bringing it forward out into the material realm. So uh, what, what Steph is bringing up right now is one of my favorite mantras, which is we are the alchemists of our own yes. experience. Um, and that is based off of my teacher Shiva's uh, idea of yoga, al yoga alchemy. And so alchemy is such an interesting idea. I did a lot of research after um, studying with my teacher Shiva Ray. Alchemy the first alchemists were essentially chemists and they would take different metals and try to turn them into gold. And then they came upon, uh, the story goes, they came upon some of the yoga philosophy and the yoga practices. And they, as they started doing them, they realized that they could change themselves into gold. Mm -hmm. So they shifted their perspective of working with metals outside of themselves to turn into gold. And instead they started working with themselves through the pranayam, through mantra, through meditation. And they noticed that as they did that, they began to shift. And it was way more interesting for them to shift themselves than to shift something outside of themselves. Okay, so that's alchemy. Now, yoga is alchemy, or we are alchemists of our own experience. The most empowering part of this practice for me has been that I can shift how I feel mm -hmm. literally in like one minute. Okay. So I felt like, especially when I came to yoga as a young adult, um, my emotions really took me on a ride. <laughs> Whenever I felt anything really strongly off, I would go. Um, and so, uh, 
doing pranayama, doing the yoga practice, I noticed that I would feel differently afterwards. And that if I did, yeah, like literally after the first ohms, I would feel different. And that is alchemy. And then I, so then I realized empowered as I was that we can change the way that we feel. So we don't have to be run by our emotions. Mm. There, now that being said, there are definitely times where the emotions take us uh, on a journey, but in general, we can shift ourselves, and that is a choice that we have. And again, that is to me the biggest uh, takeaway from the practice is that this this experience I'm having right now is a choice, and how I want to take in the world is mine. What I want to do with it is mine. I can't shift the world around me. I can't change anything else into gold, but I can change how I feel into gold, right? So yoga, uh, so we are the alchemists of our own experiences, this idea that I can shift, transform, and change at any point in time through these tools, through the yoga practice itself. And Clara, yoga and dance you've mentioned through your background, these are two potent forms of expression that you've embodied. What else do you do in terms of uh, through art or other physical practices that have helped you shift and transform how you feel moment to moment? I'm going to ask you to answer that question afterwards. So hold on. Okay. So start thinking about it now, Steph. <laughs> um, so how do I how do I change how I feel outside of the yoga practice? I think the biggest way that I'll, I would do it or have done it in the past is through dance, as you said, mm -hmm. and then also through uh, painting. I'm, I love watercoloring. I do it for myself. I'm not very good, but I love doing it. It's so fun for me. And to dive into something where I have single pointed focus and this idea of play, because I generally don't know where I'm going to go, really shifts uh, my state of mind. And it lets go of this idea of controlling. And it comes back to Leela. It comes this idea of play, of exploration. I'm looking down at the canvas right now. That's why I'm looking down this way. But um, this idea of shift and transform um, something on paper shifts and transforms my own consciousness. So that would be one of the biggest ways. The other way that I would do it would also be to um, either to journal or to read um, a, a motivational book of some sort, usually a yoga book. And both of those help me to kind of change my perspective. And then the last way that I do it, and I highly recommend this one, is to uh, talk to somebody, is yeah. to share what you're thinking about and kind of asking them for their perspective. And ideally, I usually seek someone out who thinks differently than I do when I'm trying to shift my perspective. Because then I'm like, tell me how you do it. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you see the situation? Yeah. And so I turn the I turn the tables onto you, Steph. How do you, besides doing yoga, how do you shift your own consciousness or the way that you're feeling? Um, walking or cycling, moving in a way that gets me in my body, so I can start feeling instead of trying to rationalize and staying <laughs> locked in my my head, because I'm really bad for that. I'll get on a tread. I'm sure a lot of people are. But getting into my body in a way that swimming, cycling, it doesn't really matter what it is, where I'm out in nature or completely embodied, so I'm feeling what's happening, and then I can drop into that. And usually in that moment, whatever angst or fear I've had completely goes away, and I can come into a little bit more of the groundedness or simplicity of just feeling whatever I'm feeling, uh, and writing. Writing is a big one for me, just the subconscious of throwing things down on a page and letting things become revealed. And that's usually how I write when I create for the blog or whatever is my first draft is just stream of consciousness. And then from yes. there I can start pulling out the key themes that will resonate through me for others. 
but first it's just getting things down on the page and then from there picking out like what's really going on when it's not just mm-hmm. again my rational my rationalization or judgmental process um talking's huge but i feel like i struggle with sh- expressing myself verbally sometimes i feel like it needs to come out in some other way first whether it's movement or writing before I can have a conversation with someone, if it's mm. expressing how I feel about someone or something, or mm-hmm. if there's been a conflict, I need to remove to process before I can express myself verbally. Um, how are you and doing that's that? A, and that's so insightful to know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking sure it's years. been trial. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm sure it's been trial and error to be like, actually, I'm going to have to take a step back and come back to you. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way. I generally have to... Uh, if I'm going to, if it has to do around confrontation, then I generally have to talk to somebody else actually before I have the, before I uh, have the confrontation with a friend of mine is I need to, or my partner, whoever it is, I need to actually talk to somebody else. And my way, my biggest, my easiest way of processing is to talk it out. So I just need to do kind of like how you said stream of consciousness of writing. I'll yeah. do that diary of the mouth, blah, 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 right. And then from there, hopefully whoever is bearing witness with me will kind yeah. of come back and say, these are the things that I'm seeing. And then we can kind of dissect that so that by the time I get back to um, the person that I'm trying to have a resolution with, I have a lot more clarity. Or the other way that I do it is actually sitting with it through meditation and Mm. kind of observing. And we've talked about this before, but like one of the biggest things for me is kind of observing like is when I'm being triggered or something's arising, is this mine? Is this yours? Or is this ours? And so I find that at least for me, before I express, especially when I have intense emotions, I like to wait 24 hours because I want to know whether or not it has to do with how I, was, how I slept or if I've eaten enough or like where I am on my moon. All those things will kind of base how I'm responding to whatever it is that's, that's showing up for me. So I always have like a 24-hour grace period where I'm like, before I talk about this, I just want to sit with it or I go talk to somebody else about it and then come back in. And that's... Yeah. Yeah, and that's part of the therapeutics and having um, people or habits that when you start, because we all need to express ourselves, whether it's in positive or a little bit more destructive, perhaps negative ways. I think that energy, that current needs to move. So having Mm -hmm. people or practices as part of your support system, so when you're going through that, you, you you can come back to your mat. You can call that person and have that talk or that moment by yourself meditating to move through it because everything needs to be expressed and we did talk about that in terms of uh, managing emotions there's another podcast on managing strong emotions that we spoke specifically to that theme exactly exactly and so but the biggest thing is yeah where am I right now and 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 does what need what I'm feeling right now need to be expressed right now in terms of verbally or does it need to be expressed in terms of my body and so that's another cool one to think about in terms of expression itself is how does this need to come out whatever it is if it's a thought an emotion or whatever how uh, how does it want to be expressed there's a beautiful uh, quote in um, women who run with with the wolves right is like sit with whatever is arising and ask it how do you want to come out into the world Mm. right and then based on that you do that 
right? Instead of you're always your go-to, because sometimes your go-to in terms of expression is not the way that whatever it is that's showing up needs to be expressed. So they're always, um, it's always recommended to have a moment of reflection first before doing anything. So reflecting on, yeah, and asking, going inside and asking, like, how do you want to come out into the world? How do you want to be expressed? But the key is, and we talked about that in the emotional one, is that generally, especially strong emotions, need yeah. to come out. Yeah. So we try not to repress them at any point. We try to let them come out. But how they come out, we leave it to them. We ask them, how do you want to come out into the world? And keep that, like I'm thinking specifically of something like anger. Like I'll go and dance or go run to like burn off the anger instead of going and yelling at someone. So you keep it... You keep it for yourself. You don't go and, and place it on someone else, which happens. We all, we're human. That's going to happen. But being aware of, you know, this is mine and I'm going to keep it as mine. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So the other thing I wanted to uh, get into, going a little bit back to the story of Shakti and the deities, is the masculine and feminine energies and the balance of these energies and how they move through us and influence how we express ourselves. And if you can speak specifically to the um, difference in the non-gendered of the deities, the balance in the energies and the, the, the non-gendered, the neutrality. So we all have masculine and feminine energy inside of us. And they're not gender related, which is what Steph is bringing up right now. And what tends to happen is that we think masculine energy is male energy and feminine energy is female energy, meaning that we're putting a gender to it. But it's not, at least in Indian philosophy, they are gender neutral. And so again, this is what Steph is bringing up. So if you've ever seen any um, illustrations of the deities of like Shiva, Shakti, any of them, right? They look, uh, they look like they could be either. Right? Like they have, like they could be man or woman. And that's mm -hmm. the idea is that they're gender neutral. So Shiva is not a man. He's masculine energy, but he's not a man. And Saraswati is feminine energy, but she's not a woman. And so that's, if you'll ever notice again, those illustrations, they kind of like, they could go, you could go either way. You're like, is this a boy or a girl? I don't know. And the idea is that it's neither. They are, um, they are just energies themselves. So masculine energy, how it's generally described as in Indian philosophy and specifically tantric philosophy is that it's our consciousness, it's our awareness, and it lives in the third eye center. Okay? And then our feminine energy is receptivity, it's creativity, it's that which brings forth into the world, which is what we've been talking about today, and that lives, as I talked about earlier, in our second chakra, so it lives in our pelvis. Okay? And so we have these two energies that live inside of us at all times, and what yoga is, at least again in tantric philosophy, yoga meaning to yoke, to bring two things together for a union to occur, is for the two aspects of ourselves to become one. And we kind of talked about this when we were talking about dualism versus non-dualism. And so idea of dualism is that there's always an other and non-dualism meaning that there is a union. So we start off all of our spiritual journeys is that there is an other because we don't understand yet that there is just a one. Okay. So we connect to our feminine energy, we connect to our masculine energy, and we draw them together into the heart center. So we take our awareness, our consciousness, that which sees the bigger picture, that which is up here, we bring it down. And how we bring it down is generally through meditation. Mm -hmm. So we ground that energy and bring it into our heart center. And then 
or Shakti, the part that lives in the pelvis, we do, this is where all the yoga comes in and where like the pranayama comes in, things that are very active, right? That starts to awaken the, the sleeping feminine energy that's living in the pelvis yeah. in yoga philosophy. We call that um, kundalini and we rise that up and it also comes to the heart center. And so the union of the two is at the heart where Shiva and Shakti come together and then we feel whole or we remember our wholeness. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we feel whole, then we stop seeking outside of ourselves, right? And there's a sense of contentment. A lot of people describe when they feel whole, like uh, uh, artists or athletes would call it being in the flow. If you've ever been in the flow where all of a sudden everything else falls away, that is a union, they would say in yoga philosophy, that is the union of your masculine and feminine or the union of yourself, where all of a sudden all you see is what's in front of you, your drishti is strong, right? And everything else mm-hmm. moves away. And this is also, Clara, like the discussion we had, and perhaps you could just touch on this briefly in the balancing. So feminine, if you have a disconnect in your feminine energy, the softness, you're going to be active to bring that up, to wake it up. If you're feeling more masculine, solar, you're way up here, you're going to ground to come down. And that's the harmony, the wholeness. Yeah. And, and now coming back and tying it in, like attracts like and opposite heals. Mm. So as Steph was just saying, right, the masculine energy is also known as solar energy and the feminine energy is known as lunar energy, right? And then solar is the strong heat, power right and then the feminine energy think of the moon it's cooling it's soothing it's dark it's heavy right so when i'm feeling dark and heavy i'm feeling that lunar energy then i need more solar energy i'm going to connect with something that like whoo takes me up and out and then if i'm out here as uh, as steph is saying then we're gonna we're gonna ground it we're gonna do more of a lunar practice yeah exactly and that's what i love about Hindu philosophy is the acknowledgement of both energies and that we all have them and it's the constant balancing and checking in in order to harmonize to bring it all together to feel union yeah Yeah, because the more we feel union with ourselves and the more we're able to see it in the world around us and this I'm just going to tie this into kind of where we are right now Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's happening in the rest of the world but today we're uh, Vancouver is opening up a little bit so we've been on isolation lockdown and today's the day where like restaurants and bars and and uh, and retail is opening up again so it's interesting because I feel like we've been very contained mm-hmm. and like having this time this last like two months to kind of go inside and reflect right and be with ourselves and now we're about to take it out into the world and kind of uh, see each other again maybe not as close we're still social distancing but we're going to be out in the world more and so can I still remain connected to and grounded with what's inside of me as I move out into the world? So that's like, to me, that's going to be an interesting thing this week is staying, staying rooted as I go out and, uh, and, uh, and be with people again. And what are you doing for that? Are you just going to dive in and kind of see what arises? In terms of? Just in your own process, thinking about how do I stay here with me, but also go back and connect with others like what is do you have a practice that's going to bring you into that what is your process around that my process around that is actually a little bit different because I feel like in the last like two weeks I've been really craving outside Mm -hmm. I've been craving like connecting to my friends seeing people like I feel like I've been like (gasps) you know like trying to get to people and I think that part of that is because 
being by myself for so long, I mean, I'm with my family, right? But being uh, inside for so long, a couple of things that I thought I had processed have arisen. Mm. And what naturally happens for me when things arise is that I go outwards and I'm like, cool, what's going on out there? What else can I focus on? The distraction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't, and I haven't been able to do that in the last two weeks. So I feel like I've actually had some beautiful resolution, specifically around grief. Um, April is, a, is an intense month for me. My mother passed away this month um, here at the end of the month. So it generally brings up those moments of grief for me. And uh, I generally take time at that point to reflect on it. But I feel like I've been reflecting so much that I'm like, I don't want to reflect anymore. I just want to be out with people. <laughs> But we weren't able to do that. And so I, I want to say in, in some quiet moments uh, when my family was sleeping, I feel like I've had these moments of, of allowing that, that, that grief to arise and to be expressed. So now that we're ready to go out into the world again, it's kind of bittersweet is how I'm feeling today about it because, because we haven't been able to see each other I've become a bit more quiet. Mm. And so I'm curious to see what will happen now that we can be out with everybody. You, how do you feel about it, about us going back out in the world? Um, I share, I feel like I just hit a, a rhythm in, in kind of my days, the arc of my day and what I'm, I'm working on and what I've been doing. And now everything's opening again and it's that struggle of, am I gonna have enough time to keep creating the things that I've been working on so passionately for the last month and having the discipline. And that's what I got up and, and did this morning is I could kind of feel myself getting a little anxious, like, okay, mm -hmm. we're gonna be back to normal. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, and I did a grounding meditation. I'm also at my parents for a week uh, to stay away from my downtown life for one more week. I was like, I'm just going to stay tucked in the suburbs for a little while with my family. Um, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, I guess, is my final answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 feel, I'm feeling very similarly. And um, so um, I think this is a beautiful place to close. Yeah. And what I'd love to do is um, we always end our podcast. If you're, if you're joining us for the first time, we always end our podcast with a, uh, a question. Mm -hmm. And so I've got two questions for you today. And what we'd love you to do uh, if you'd like to join the conversation is go to our Facebook page, which is Practice with Clara Community Facebook page. And it's, uh, there's a link in my bio if you haven't joined already. We'll post the question there, and we'd love to hear your answers. So two questions. The first question has to do with what we were just talking about as we are slowly starting to reintegrate back into quote unquote normal life, mm -hmm. right? Versus uh, what I'm calling retreat life or home isolation. What will you take with you? One thing that Steph said so beautifully is she's going to try to take with her the discipline of the practices that she's been cultivating mm -hmm. because she hasn't been able to uh, be with other people or to work very much. And so, and for me, what I'm going to take with me, and we'll put these both on the Facebook page, is that um, I'm hoping to take some more downtime, meaning moments where I don't do anything and I just be. And so I've been, lately, what I've been doing is sitting on, the, on, my, uh, on my balcony and just quite simply watching the birds and feeling the sun and feeling the breeze. And I don't do that enough in my life. So I'd like to do more of that even as we go back to normal life. So the question is, what are you going to take with you or what are you going to bring with you 
from this time of isolation back into normal life? Or what would you like to take? So that's question number one. And then question number two has to do with expression. And so I'd love you to sit with, so maybe not answer right away today, but maybe come back to um, the Facebook page. I'd love you to in a couple of days, but to sit with what is asking to be expressed right now. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for all the love down below with the comments. Yeah. And Steph, thank you as always um, for taking the time to hang out with me and ask me great questions. And uh, we'll be back on Wednesday and Friday. And Wednesday we're going into more of like the business and technical side of yoga. And that is based off of the questions that you post in the Facebook um, mm -hmm. the Facebook group. A lot of it's going to be about around mantra. So know that we'll, we'll get into that on Wednesday. And then Friday will be AMA. Ask me anything about anything and we'll, we'll get into that as well. So to all of you beautiful people, as we go back out into the world, if that's happening in your neck of the woods, it is with us, right? May we take any lessons that we have cultivated in the last two months, may we take them back out with us, yeah? Okay. See you next time. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by the Practice with Clara app. That's mine. I've created almost 100 yoga classes for you to do at home or on the go. And they're available to you on your favorite device, including mobile, desktop, and TV. These classes include vinyasa, slow flow, hatha, restorative, yin, mantra, meditation. I also just had a baby, so I created prenatal yoga for all four trimesters. So head over to clararobertsoss.com slash join to learn more. Or search for the Practice with Clara app at your favorite app store. There's a seven-day free trial, so no commitment. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We've got lots of good stuff in store for you. Until next time, namaste.